Welcome to The Witch's Table, a conversation between everyday witches about the magical, the mystical, and the mundane. Presented by The Witch's Altar, where no witch walks alone. And now, your host, Luana, owner and artisan of The Witch's Altar. Good evening, Luana here with Maria as always, and then today we have our very first guest. We're so excited. It's Jill Boussard from Crystal Quietude. She is a local practitioner and a crafter. I vend with her often. (laughs) Welcome, Jill. Thank you for having me. I am extremely excited to be here. Um, Looking forward to all of your questions. And I tell people, you know, flow from progressive. She's always talking about her sister. One of the latest commercials is her sister invites her over to talk about insurance. So it'll put her baby to sleep. I'm I'm the flow of crystals. So I'm here for it. We're ready. Cut cut me off. When you need to. <laughs> no, 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 no worries. So you, uh, so you run a business, uh, Crystal Quietude, and you vend a lot. And uh, so we mentioned that. But today we're here mostly to talk about crystals, since that's uh, mostly what you do in your practice, and you also incorporate that in your business. So we'll kind of get into all that. And you just got a metaphysics degree. What You got a certificate of some sort, didn't you? Yes, with the World Metaphysical Organization. And um, I'm also certified, the way that I got that was I first became a certified crystal practitioner through the Hibiscus Moon Crystal Academy. Okay, cool. Yeah, we definitely want to ask questions about that too, because Marie and I, we have experience with trying to get certifications for things like tarot, and um, it's not uh it's not been going well so we have lots of questions for that okay um but yeah so just some intro questions um i think this is going to be one we'll probably ask all of our guests so for future listeners or listeners right now um what drew you to witchcraft and metaphysics like what how did you get here so i was raised in a very small rural um strong Southern Baptist, Bible-thumping area. And I I remember as a child just sitting in church trembling with fear that, you know, everybody I knew was damned to hell, and I knew there was no way I could ever live up to perfection, basically. And then the older that I got, you know, I, I was friends. I've, I've always kind of gone for, um, I don't want to say the, the part of societies that are shunned, but those that aren't as accepted, you know, not the cookie cutter. Um, and, and one of the things in church I recall was they were not welcoming to new people. Um, if a new family came in and sat in somebody's pew seat, I mean, the whole service, everybody's giving them the side eye. Oh, no. You know, even as a kid, I knew that's that's not right. No. So um, 
it, it was a challenge for me getting out of that, even though I knew it was wrong for me. That's what I was raised with. You know, that was my family and what had been pounded into me. But, um, you know, I just, I broke off and started going, taking, finding my own path and doing what was right for me. Um, I don't want to live in a world where, in my personal world, where if, if you're not like me, you're basically dead to me, you know. Right. Um, and so it's just been, it's been an ongoing um, transition for me. But, you know, with the craft, it's more for me about just connecting with, with what's given to us, with what's in nature, with um, just, you know, humanity and embracing that. Um, so, you know, now I get shunned from the other side, but I'm okay with that because our group, we're, we are the nicest and most real people that I've ever been in contact with. I mean, it's, it's fulfilling to me. Yeah, I agree. And we don't have to, um, you know, I'm Wiccan and you're pagan. It's, it's, we're not in those cliques, like Baptist, Methodist, Catholic. Um, it's just a very welcoming community. Yeah, I think a lot of us start off in like the, the Christianity uh, kind of realm. I know uh, Maria and I did. Maria, I don't know if you wanted to talk about it at all. Sure. I mean, yeah. I, I <laughs> talked about it before on the podcast and I'm always welcome to discuss. I grew up Catholic. And when I say that, I probably need to put that in all capital letters. I was extremely Catholic, um, very, very devout altar server knew the mass inside and out to the point where um, one day a priest neglected to show up. And I kid you not, the congregation joked, oh, Father Maria can take care of it. Don't worry. Oh, about my. It. I mean, everyone knew yeah. how connected I was to my faith. And, and I still have a lot of respect for the faith and its practitioners um, and, and a lot of love for it. And I, it, even though it wasn't the right fit for me and the way that I express myself, um, I do firmly believe that there are more similarities than people realize. And when we can take that step back and recognize that the label doesn't really matter, we're all right. in this universal search for truth. Yeah. We could all be on the same side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was basically it for me too. Though I was not an altar server. I was in a non-denominational uh, church or plethora of churches. And I ran Bible study groups um, at my youth groups at church, and I um, founded and ran a female, excuse me, a woman's um, Bible study group in high school. Like, we didn't have one, and I was like, why isn't there one we should make? And I just was all out on it. But yeah, it was very similar for me as well, just this idea that, you know, there was parts of it that either didn't fit right with me or parts of it as an organization that I didn't like, but coming out of it and doing what I'm doing now, I see, yeah, there's a lot of similarities between mm -hmm. 
what we do and with Christianity. Um, it kind of does bring me a little bit to my next question, because I know you said uh, that you didn't really have to put like a label on it, like Wicca or Pagan, it doesn't matter. So how do you describe your practice? Like, do you have a label that you use? Um, not really. I'm, I consider myself kind of a hybrid. Mm -hmm. I take, um, I take pieces from, I'm like half, I would say Wiccan, half pagan, uh, or Druid, um, just very nature centered. Mm -hmm. And, and that goes with, um, I'm so sorry, Dylan is, <laughs> we love Dylan. I was hoping Dylan would make an appearance. Here he is. For those of you listening, I will try to get a picture from Jill, but this Dylan is a beautiful, beautiful dog. What kind of dog is he again? Is Frenchie? He's a Frenchie. Frenchie. So beautiful. We love Frenchies. We love Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Dylan. So if I had to put a label on myself, I would just say Crystal Witch. Crystal Witch. Like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, well, let's talk about crystals then. I would love to hear, like, in your journey, I guess, going from your Christian roots into questioning and doing what you do now, like, what drew you to crystals specifically? Uh, well, again, I grew up in the country. Uh, there were no kids around me. And so I spent a lot of time by myself growing up. Um, and my family had a lot of land and I loved going out hunting rocks. I had amassed just an amazing collection of rocks and I would go to creeks and I'd find these cool rocks and, you know, I could picture the Native American lady that had used that rock to grind up corn and just you know, wild imagination. And then I went to 4-H camp one year, and when I got back, the rocks were gone. My mom had cleaned out my closet, and she didn't think I needed those three huge grocery bags full of rocks. They were gone. So my best friend calls that the great rock purge of the 80s. Oh, no. Um, but oh, no. I've, I've just always loved them. And after I got older, um, you know, when you go to go on vacation and you go to the souvenir stores, they have those big bins of rocks for kids to dig through. I would always come through, come back. They would have the little bags and you fill a bag. And mine would have rocks like picking out the top. And um, I didn't know what type of rocks they were. They were my magic rocks. <laughs> and they just, they gave me a sense of security. Um, I've still got one that I've had since I was 13. It's a quartz worry stone, the thumb stone. And that, it, it would just, it really helped ease my anxiety. And you know, as I've gone through life, I would be drawn to other rocks. And I thought, you know, it was because they were pretty, but I always kept them with me. And 
I just started learning about, wow, you know, there's some science behind this. There's some reasoning. And it just, it went from there. So can I, can I jump in then? Cause I, I, I've resonated a lot with what you were saying and, and that fascination when you're young. And I have a, an honorary stepdaughter who does the same thing where she keeps pointing out the like maybe five crystals that I own. And she's like, oh, this is pretty. It's like she's magnetized to them and, and, and she's eight. So it's that age of discovery, right? Yeah. Um, was there thinking from that mindset of, of childhood, was there a particular stone that you felt especially called to or maybe pushed you more towards the realization like this is more than just a pretty rock? Yeah, I have that white quartz thumb stone and I did have it here, but when I had to rearrange my phone instead of the laptop, I have uh, lost it on my desk. Mm -hmm. But it, it was, it felt good to me. It felt good in my hand. It was very comforting. Um, and at that time, you know, my crystal choices were very limited. Um, and we didn't have, you know, Amazon and just and the internet um sadly i'm that old but it, it was a different time so i kind of worked with what i had um i remember back in my 20s there was this really cool metaphysical shop over off of midlothian it was i, I can't remember the name of it they had a black cat and her name was lucy fur that lived there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. I'm here for it. And um yeah, I would go in there and it was just like, you know, I'm I'm home and they had bins of rocks. Um and I still have a, a garnet that I picked up there. I was just drawn to it. It's a little tiny tumble garnet, and I had no idea why, but that was the one I went to. Um, so even now, I mean, I've got, I've got so many rocks. I mean, just jars oh, wow. yeah, and, and I use all of them, but I use them at different times. Um, it, they have different purposes and I, I rotate through them. So you still have that same quartz. I do, and it's from your childhood. That's incredible. Yeah, it's to not have been locked. Look, that's <laughs> right. You know, I can't find things that I just had. You know, I'll never see them again. But I have kept that quartz with me a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Maybe I'll put it. I always have rocks in my pocket. Always. <laughs> Very nice. Do you like stick them in your bra? You're just like, yeah, let me I have put them in my walked into, into stressful situations. Um, I had a really tough job uh, a couple years ago. Yeah. And I tell you what, I have more rocks in my bra. <laughs> um, I've put little ones in my shoe. Uh, everywhere. Everywhere. Nice. Wow. <laughs> And if any of the listeners um, ever see me at a show, 
if you come up and ask me, is that a rock in your pocket? Or are you happy to see me? You'll get a free rock. <laughs> nice. Of your choice. I love it. Because <laughs> I always have them. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I feel like everybody in their journey through, you know, witchcraft and metaphysics and the occult, you kind of start realizing the weird little witchy things that you did as a kid. So, oh, there it is. There it is. Love yes. it. It's so pretty. Yeah. I just, wow. I have just, it, it fits me so perfect. perfect. So. But yeah. So I just feel like we all do that. Like, you know, I did the rock thing too. I was very much big into rocks. I had jars and jars and jars and bags and Ziploc baggies and like stuff in pillowcases just everywhere. Yeah. But I, I also was that weird little kid that was like, I'm going to go make potions with my grandmother's roses and I'm going to like let it steep so I, the water smells like roses. I'm going to flick it in the air. Like I just did weird stuff like that. And so it's so funny to talk, not funny like haha, more like interesting to talk to practitioners because they all have a story like that where it was like, yeah, I was a really bizarre child. <laughs> I yeah. did witchy shit since I was born. So, <laughs> well, to go back to, you know, when I was a kid and um, questioning, questioning things, this is a horrible story, but one of my friends had brought in this little um, horrible, ugly doll for show and tell. I was like, ooh, ooh, I wanna take that doll home with me. And we were in second grade. So she let me borrow the doll and I ended up keeping it for like months. That's the bad part about this. Oh. But <laughs> um, I wasn't a responsible borrower. Um, but that thing, uh, I, the Ten Commandments, it says, thou shalt have no idols before me or whatever. Second grade, I go out to this little shed in our, um, on our farm, and I set that ugly little troll looking, I don't know what he was. I probably should not have been messing with him. He was probably something not good. But um, I was like, I'm worshiping you, you know, <laughs> waiting for the lightning to strike. So, you know, even in second grade, I had questions. Love it. Um, so how, how do crystals work exactly as far as crystal healing? Because I think some people get a little lost with what all of that means. I know I do, even though I do all of this and, and I practice witchcraft and everything on, on my own, I'm not really big into the crystal healing and I more so use them as tools in my spells based off of color association and the lore behind the stones from the cultures where they were like found um, and how they've evolved over time. I use them as tools in spells rather than like crystal healing. So could you explain a little bit like what crystal healing is and like how the stones <clears throat> work? So um, I learned so much from the Hibiscus Moon courses that I've taken and just amazing things about how crystals have been used throughout history um, with every, pretty much every religion, culture that's out there. Um, 
But she taught me one of the most important things that she taught me was the science behind it. And science goes hand in hand with medicine. Um, <clears throat> I had always heard of quartz crystal watches, quartz watches. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just something you hear, but you never, I never really thought about it. But it's actually a quartz inside mm -hmm. that watch, that, that pull set. Um, you can, you know, rub a, a clear quartz together in your hands and then take your hand away. You can feel that energy. And like quartz, that's the master healer. You know, it amplifies energy. Um, and what I do when I'm working with clients, uh, I, I do the full chakra balancing. And I have a questionnaire that we, you know, they go through. And I'm very protective of my clients' um, personal information, their privacy. I give a HIPAA statement mm -hmm. yeah um every i'm a safe space so i need them to be honest with me in order for me to help them so before i meet with them i'll i'll go through the questionnaire and kind of kind of base just my intuition on on what where they might be blocked or overactive um and then I, I choose crystals based for them, not, I've got all these jars here. I do use all of them, but, you know, each one of you might come, you might come in Tuesday, you might come in Wednesday, and I use totally different crystals um, because they, they have different properties. And I do use, go by the color, um, but it's the energy within the stones that offer um, different synergies. Mm -hmm. Like lipidolite. Um, I did a, a live about lipidolite. If I were to ask you, you know, tell me the name of, of a purple stone. Amethyst. Amethyst is usually the one everybody yeah. goes to. I would also pick probably charlotte. Or I don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, I yeah, just steroid <laughs> chara. Yeah, lipidolite is the unsung hero of crystals. They pharmaceutical companies actually withdraw lithium. They extract lithium from this stone. This is the best stone. When anyone ever asks about you know, anxiety. Um, this is my go-to. And I didn't know that before. Um, this is just such a calming stone. And this is one that I always have with me um, because I do have bouts of anxiety. And if, you know, for those who also have it, you know, you don't know when it's going to come on. I could, right. you know, just out the blue. But just learning the different healing properties, um, the cleansing, like um, shungite, that's 
used in uh, your Brita filters. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a very pure purifying um, stone. So I mean, we've got all these natural resources around us, and very few people fully understand the the power that they hold. Yeah, I, there's a lot of things I feel like we use stone for stones for just various stones that we just would never really think about. Um, yeah. When I was going through my training when I was in the military, a lot of our equipment used lasers and things to try to help detect what kind of chemical it was. You kind of put it on the center and it'll give you a reading and tell you what chemical it is. But in order to use that, they had to have a diamond on the inside that helps yeah. like refract the light so that we could see it better. And so, you know, we use stuff like that. And then the quartz, there's a lot of, um, uh, I don't, maybe it's quartz, I'm not sure, but in our TVs, we have a lot of uh, stone stuff in our mm -hmm. technology as well and in our phones. Yes. And so it's just really crazy to think about. And what I love, I think, the most about witchcraft as a whole is the more you learn about, like, the science behind these things, the more that you realize, like, well, people were using it for this stuff, like, before we even could sit down and detect what's in it, which is what right. I find, like, the most fascinating about it all. So when it comes to, like, the, the properties and stuff, I guess, it's like, where do these, these healing properties come from? Like, nowadays, I know some people, it's kind of, like, just a regurgitation through a book, but I'm assuming someone somewhere not just based off of the cultures where these stones are found and kind of like lore surrounding the color, but I'm assuming somebody at some point had to sit down and be like, well, what makes this stone this stone? And then, oh my gosh, we've been using it for cleansing and it actually has cleansing properties because of the minerals that are inside of it. Like, is that where all of these energy properties come from or is it more like a feeling thing? It's both. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can have one stone that can do many, serve many purposes, and they might even seem at the opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, but it, a lot of it has to do with the minerals, the minerals that are within it. And uh, an interesting fact I learned was that almost or or all of the elements on the element table <laughs> for you <laughs> science people um they can be found in our bodies all of them and you know like diamond diamond is carbon and it it makes me sad when i see you know have your loved one's ashes made into a diamond so you can always have them. But it burns off all the carbon when you do that. So that's not your loved one anymore. Um, it, it takes away the property that made them themselves. Um, like the, uh, so this is a great big chunk of shungite. And it, I, I wanted to show you a little magic trick with Shungite to show, just to prove the power of 
crystals. So got this flashlight. You can see it works, kind of. So taking the top off, see the batteries. Taking my little Shungite pyramid. Oh my God, that's so cool. Uh, I love cool? it. I love it. So, I mean, there's energy here. Yeah. There's energy. And you know, just learning how to tap into it. And you know, part of my practice is being still. Just, mm -hmm. um, you know, taking a step back, taking a deep breath. And, and feeling everything. And that's when you start to hear, and there's so much noise in our life every day that mm -hmm. it just, it gets drowned out. Um, and I always, when I'm, I'm doing a healing session, I'll have my stones that I'm planning to use, but I have a, you know, a tray laid out with just in case. If I'm sensing too much energy or, you know, there is no energy, um, I'll make adjustments because, you know, it's not one size fits all. I like that. Um, when you pick, well, if you ever come across a stone that you've never worked with before, but you know that you feel drawn to it or you feel like this could be something I can use for a client, but you're not really sure why, like what kind of research do you do on the stone? Um, so yeah, I've got quite a few of them back there. Um, sometimes like I, I might have a stone for a couple of years that's sitting and not being used by anyone, but mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful. And then all of a sudden one day I need that. Mm -hmm. Um, Malachite is a great example. I've got a hunk of malachite back there. And um, I bought it because it was pretty, because I didn't have a hunk of malachite and got it home. And I tried to make it work, you know, tried to get that bond and it wasn't there. And it's it was about a year before I needed it. And you know, malachite is the stone of transformation. And there was that time in my life that I needed that, you know, that oomph to get me to the next level. And that's where it was. It was here. <laughs> um, I Now, I don't encourage people to go out, oh, I need to get malachite, oh, I need to have a, you know, carnelian, citrine, I need them all, because you don't. Um, and I have gone into a shop, a local shop here in Rich and Midlothian. It's a family-owned business. I trust them with my life. Um, but I'll go in there for something and come out with something totally different because something else, I felt it. Mm -hmm. So I always encourage, um, even when uh, people stop by my booth and they're, they're looking at something and they're kind of hesitant, I was like, you know, just go, go see the other things. And if this is meant for you, 
you'll be back to it. Mm-hmm. If, if you forget about it and you've gotten home, you're like, oh, damn, you know, I meant to, that wasn't your stone. So, um, yeah, don't waste your money collecting stones. If, if you're not, you know, if you don't have clients, if you're not doing healing and um, you don't have that specific need, wait until you do need it and it'll find you. I like it. Um, hold on. I have a huge list of questions I'm trying to. <laughs> um, I really, I really like that. I, I appreciate that. It seems more like you're encouraging people to just go with their their gut feeling rather than just like always. You need this. You need that. You need the other thing. And I, and I do think, just as like a, a personal side note, I think that that's a big problem within the community of just like constantly telling people what what they need and what they should yeah. do. And most of it has like a like a monetary lean of like, well, because I said so, because I want you to buy from me. And it's like right. well, that might not. That might not work for you. So I really do appreciate that your take, your stance on it is kind of like whatever works for you. Now, obviously, if someone's coming to you for a service and you make a recommendation, I'll probably <laughs> be more inclined to listen to the recommendation because I'm coming to you for a service. But I just... Right. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I do as an for the client... I always tried to be the person that I wish I had had in whatever situation. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there are people out there that, you know, they have the glitter and the glitz and they can talk the talk, but their heart is not into it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's profit, profit over people. And with me, it's people over profit. Mm I will, I'll do a full write-up after my um, chakra balancing the sessions. And it it usually takes me about an hour or so to write up and send to the client afterwards. But I go over all of the stones I used, um, why I chose those stones. And... I also use light therapy and sound therapy in conjunction, aromatherapy. But I give them a whole list of this is what you can do at home. You know, this is what I feel would help you at home. It's not you've got to get this. Mm-hmm. I try to give a couple of alternatives because not everyone has the resources. And I don't want to add stress, you know, someone's having financial difficulty, I don't want to add on top of that, like, you're not going to get better unless you get these stones, and they're thinking, I'm not going to be able to feed myself Mm -hmm. if I get these stones, but I've got to get these stones, or I'm not going to, you know, I don't want, ever want to contribute to to additional burden for Mm -hmm. someone. Yeah, that's that's great. And I think that that's kind of what we try to do, too. Wouldn't you say, Maria? It's very much like a, we want it to be accessible. 
for people yes because there's a huge need I think in our society as a whole not just like our local community but our society as a whole where like people can't fucking afford health care like right I can't go to the doctor right and I don't think even if you have insurance even if you can go to the doctor I don't think there's harm in trying some of the natural remedies that have worked in the past if it doesn't work for you it doesn't work for you maybe you need a higher level of care that's okay um, but I don't think that there's a problem with with going to your local witch to try to to figure out a different way to do something before Agreed. that. Agree. Um, yeah, and, and this should, yeah, everything that I recommend, if you're under a doctor's care or you feel you should mm -hmm. be, this is in conjunction with that. Right. This is going to supplement that and just... Um, you know, nurture you through it. It should never replace that. Right. Because we do get a lot of, of flack for stuff like that because we don't have a degree in, in medicine. At least I don't. I know some people uh, do, but I don't have a degree in medicine. So, like, I always try to tell people, like, yeah, you need to go see a doctor, too, because I oh, can't. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're coming to me for, for a tarot reading and you start getting uh, really emotional, very anxious. There's something very troubling. I always say, it sounds like maybe you should seek um, some therapy mm, if that's it's great. available or um, accessible to you. Uh, because I'm not a therapist. I work in the mental health field, and so I know quite a bit, but I don't have a license in it. So, like, I can't, you know, give you that. So, um, that kind of brings me to my next set of questions which is kind of surrounding your all of your certificates like what you're certified in how you got them um if you think that it's kind of worth it to get them especially as a business owner so what um what certificates or degrees if you want to put it that way what do you have so the certified crystal practitioner mm -hmm. and then the um accredited metaphysical um and yeah that's it those two um Just those two. but i know yeah. that in our like preliminary um questionnaires there was a couple of other ones that you're in the process of getting so i am working towards my um advanced crystal practitioner and also with um reiki Nice. Okay. And so, so would you do like the raking in conjunction with your chakra balancing and crystals? Yeah. And, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of incorporating that now because what I do, um, I use a pendulum for, you know, to check the, the energy but I also use my hands and I can feel, you know, the hot spots or cool spots. And um, that, getting that certification, that is more for my clients to have confidence in me. Um, I got the, I started out with the crystal practitioner because you know, I can tell you all day long that this purple heart is so pretty and it helps me so much. But if you were to ask me why, I'm like, 
because it's pretty and it helps me so much. I didn't know lithium, you know, yeah, was in it. And over the years, people have, they come to me or send their friends and they're like, go talk to her. She knows. And I don't always know. Um, and I'm not going to bullshit you if I don't, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's so many crystals and properties out there. Um, I always research, like if, um, if I do grid work for uh, family, friends, clients, and if it's a healing grid, I do a hell of a lot of research before I even start thinking about which crystals. Um, because I want to make sure that what I'm saying is the best knowledge I can get. Um, so yeah, the crystal practitioner, it, it was a, um, nine week program and we, we went through basics, you know, crystal 101, a lot of science, a lot of times I was yawning through it because, I'm not that, you know, I like cool tricks like the Shungite lighting up the flashlight. I don't need, uh, you know, the chemical, the little dots, the chemistry, That that's not me. But, um, so it, it was a lot of that. Um, and this lady has her PhD, she's a scientist. Okay. And I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. One thing also that got me into her academy, if you Google, like somebody would ask me something, you know, what's good for low iron? I'm on here and I'll just Google anything and you're going to get 50,000 different opinions. Mm hmm so I did a lot of research because I want to be a single source of truth. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be able to back myself up. Um, and the Hibiscus Moon Academy, that really did that for me. Um, you know, just so the, like the chakras, the world, you know, the, the prana energy, mm -hmm. it's, it goes clockwise, the whirl in the back of your head, your hair, you know, we've got that little whirl, it, they're all in, all throughout the world, and I'd never put all of that together, but that's the center of energy. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sorry, also in that class, we, we went through crystal elixirs, um, animal healing, uh, when Dylan, Dylan had, he's, he's got disc disease and he had a really rough time last December. I had him so <laughs> decked out with crystals around his collar. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I remember seeing him at, a, at an event with a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, he usually has a little crystal charm on, but I had him, like, I had done just a horrible, like, needle thread, just 
threading amethyst um, points through his collar and poor dog, he, they were everywhere. Um, <laughs> but I feel like they helped um, give him some comfort at that time. Um, the, the class taught you know, how to do distance healing. Um, it, there's just so much that I learned from that. And I want to take it to the next level. So right now I'm taking, um, you know, connecting with your ancestors, how to use crystals to connect. Um, I'm taking an advanced uh, chakra class. Um, I've, I'm signed up for five more. So nice. I hope to have that completed by the end of the year. Nice. Um, I guess what, in your eyes, when you're looking for a <clears throat> a place to get certificates or accreditations, things like that for these things, what? How did you go about finding one that seemed credible? Because you know they're all over the place. They are. And there's not really a governing body, which is the problem. Like, we can't just go to college to do right. witch shit. Like, that's, there isn't one. I wish there was. I wish we had a Hogwarts. We don't. Um, yeah. So, like, what was your process in finding um, the Hibiscus Moon and, and the other uh, places that you're going through? Like, how did you do that? So, fortunately, my next-door neighbor, she's a very spiritual lady, um, and I wouldn't say we're friends, but, you know, like we don't hang out or anything, but we pick up on each other's spirituality, um, just our, our aura. And she had gone through the, the hibiscus moon class and she was telling me about it. And she said, you know, you ever want to advance your knowledge, that's the one. So that's how I first heard about her. Um, and then just research, you know, read the reviews, mm -hmm. um, look at the cost and what you're getting out of that. Mm -hmm. um, just be very, very cautious because there are. Um, there's so many like scams and things out there and I'm getting ready to start offering crystal grid classes. Mm -hmm. And so I just did a, you know, Google to see how much to even charge. And I couldn't find anything under a hundred dollars. Yeah. I'm like, and, but what do you get with that? And it shouldn't cost a hundred dollars class. Right. Um, so just go again, go with your gut. If it doesn't feel right, it, but it looks great on screen on paper, but it doesn't feel right. Keep moving. Um, so when did you decide to do your business? Because it sounds like, so you, you start off in Christianity and then you started looking into all things, you know, witchcraft and metaphysics. 
and then crystals have always appealed to you. So what made you start incorporating your love for crystals and like vending and doing your, your healing work? Like how did that start? Um, I credit that to a really bad job. I was working for a law firm and, um, so my day job is IT and I was working for this law firm. Our standard week was 37.5 hours. Some weeks I was working 74 hours. Wow. And, oh and I'm salary. In one week? Yes. That's too much. It, it was. And it was, um, you know, it was every day. And I gave them the equivalent of 12 and a half weeks of free overtime. Mm. Um, and it was so stressful. And the more I gave, the more they took. And yeah, I always had my crystals with me, but I needed, I needed to have them on me, you know, because um, I can't like reach into my bra and rub it when I'm in a meeting and <laughs> office, well you could but it would be really weird <laughs> yeah especially at a law firm because you know they're not the most um relaxed folks to start with <laughs> and not all of my dress clothes had pockets so I was in a quandary like I need bracelets but being a big boned girl um it was really hard for me to find the crystal combinations that I wanted that fit me, that, you know, didn't leave indentions on my wrist for two days afterwards. Um, plus, they were really expensive when you go to, like, Kohl's or, you know, a lot of places sell them now, but super expensive. So it's like, well, let me see if I can make my own. And it went off after that. I was like, oh, I, I want a bracelet with these crystals. <laughs> and I've got over, I think I've got 64 different types of beads right now. Um, but then, you know, I started making them. I'm giving them to my friends and they ran out of arm space. I was out of arm space. But it was my therapy and it weaned me off of those 70 hour weeks. I started spending that time in the evenings doing stuff for me. So it was a healing process, but I don't know that I ever would have gotten to where I am today if I hadn't had that horrible experience. Mm -hmm. If I hadn't been so stressed out and desperate, um, you know, if life had just gone, you know, same old, same old, I probably wouldn't be here today. So, or doing this at this capacity. But um, once I started sharing it with others and I knew it was helping me, helping me help them was helping me. Mm -hmm. It was helping them too. So it just, you know, it, it made me happy and brought me joy. So here I am. I love it. Um, Maria, did you have any follow-up questions on anything? 
I think I'm, I, what I want to hear next, because I, I, I love your background and I love how much time and intention and passion you've put into this effort, especially coming off such a demanding job. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just shows how important it is to you. Um, what advice would you give to, let's say we have a, a witch who, or a witch curious person who is new to the crystal world um, and doesn't know where to start? What would be your top things you'd want them to know? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> this book. Oh, yes. The Book of Stones. Not the little mini version. Right. This version. You can see there is rarely a day that I don't use this book. Um, it, is, it is the best book there is, in my opinion. Um, it's by Robert Simmons and Naisha Ashan. Um, but the Book of Stones, who they are and what they teach. This is the most amazing resource, and I trust this book. Um, that's a great, great place to start. Because again, I mean, if I Google Moss Agate, I'm going to get 20 different things about, you know, this is what it does. And um, yeah, that find um, people that you trust, preferably people in person, if, if you can. Um, when you're talking to crystal dealers or shops at you know, ask your questions. Don't feel like you need to know everything there is. I'll have people come up to my booth and they'll be like, oh, I know this is a stupid question. No, it's not. Because one time I didn't know. They didn't know. You know, we all start somewhere. Um, if someone shames you for asking your questions, keep moving. Um, there are plenty of practitioners out there in the in our community that genuinely want to help with no strings attached. Mm -hmm. Look for those people. Again, go with your instinct. Go with your gut. Um, if someone's telling you you need something, you don't necessarily need it. You're the best judge of you. And don't feel pressured into getting something um, or being made to feel like you have to have something if it doesn't feel right. Always trust your instincts. Absolutely. I think that's critical. And I, I know um, I've heard this often with, uh, with, with those practitioners who are more open to the idea of your intuition is your ultimate guide. That is your, that is your teacher. Um, is that don't force yourself into something that doesn't work for you just because it worked for someone else. Right. If there's a crystal or a color that doesn't resonate with you, but someone says, oh, but it's perfect for your particular situation. Don't try to, you know, manhandle your practice into right. someone else's. Right. That's such a great point. Um, and don't feel like it's, there's something wrong with you 
if you don't get the same result that your friend did, we're all individuals. We're all, we've all got different chemical makeups, just like crystals have different chemicals or different, you know, elements that make them all individual. Um, if that doesn't work for you, there is something that will, um, but don't feel ashamed. Don't let anyone shame you. You go with what is right for you, always. Absolutely. Do you have any um, recommendations for starter stones for people who are just starting out? Like some that are the easiest energies to feel? Because some people are kind of bricks. Like I'm a brick sometimes with stones. I don't really. Do you have any recommendations for stones well, or exercises fact, to do? do? <laughs> so you as can a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> um, so the best in my, all in my opinion, all my opinion, um, the best protective stone that I like is black tourmaline. Mm -hmm. um, it is gentle. It, it has a more gentle energy than black obsidian, which yeah, that's very popular black stone. But um, I also go back through history and you know, um, like Native Americans said, you should never put black obsidian over your heart. I don't know why, but I'm, I don't question that. I'm like, mm -mm, don't do that, <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. it was there for a reason. Um, black or black tourmaline, um, it, it's great for protection. Um, it transmutes the negative energies around you. It gives that shield. Uh, black tourmaline with black, I'm sorry, with amethyst together, that creates like a little bubble of light around your aura that protects you from negativity. Um, so I would definitely say those two. Everyone should have clear quartz of some sort. Um, and a stone like a, a lodestone or shungite, um, something that has like a magnetic property to it. Um, that's very grounding and you can, you can ground yourself sitting at your desk, you know, put the stone between your feet and just breathe. And that will help pull that that excess energy down to the stone. Um, uh, let's see, carnelian is great. Uh, that's one that I rely on a lot. It's good life force energy. It's a good stimulant. Um, uh, it's good for creativity. That's why I use it a lot because I'm working on things every night, but sometimes I work on this and then I work on that and that and that, and nothing feels right. So I use the carnelian to kind of get my you know, groove back. Um, fluorite is another one of my favorites. It can be fairly inexpensive. I keep a piece of fluorite near my desk because it's good to help 
um, bring your mental, your balance, your, I'm sorry, your concentration back. It's great for concentration and helping you focus on what you need to be focused on. Um, I would say you know, from the color wheel, just, you know, you, you want a dark stone for grounding. Uh, tiger eye is a really good choice. It's very popular. It's very affordable, easily attained. That's good for your solar plexus um, to help, you know, the energies and um, rose quartz or green aventurine. Green aventurine is my favorite heart chakra stone. Um, and it also does really good. I use it when I'm doing abundance, prosperity grids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a stone of attraction. And abundance and prosperity isn't always in you know, monetary form. That's, that can be abundance of love in your life, of friendship, of happiness, health. So green adventuring, I definitely would put on the list. Do you have any recommendations for cleansing your stones or how often you should cleanse them? That's always the next question. Yeah. <laughs> After you get them and you fill them up with crap, what do you do? <laughs> um, so the first thing you want to do when you get your stones home, like I sage all of mine when I get them, even the ones for resale, they're, they're saged. Um, but people come through, they touch them, you know, things happen. Always when you get home, rinse your stones very briefly with cold water and dry them. Um, some stones like selenite, uh, clear quartz, some are, and fluorite are self-cleansing. I still, I still cleanse mine. Um, moonlight, take advantage of that moon light. It, full moon, of course, is, you know, great energy. Um, I set mine out, the ones I use, you know, my personal, that I use a lot, because I would need, like, boxes to carry all these guys out, leave them, um, but put them in a safe place where they can absorb the moonlight. One night is fine. Um, if you live in an apartment or somewhere where it's not safe to put your stones out, put them in the windowsill. Um, sunlight is also good, but you want to, you don't want to have them out, out past 12 o'clock noon. Um, and you don't want to leave them out too long because it, they can get discolored over time. Most of your uh, harder stones, like your quartzes, your agates, they're all safe with water. Um, but this lipidolite that I've talked so much about, um, some of them will degrade over time with excess water, um, and they don't need to be cleansed, you know, washed. Um, another thing you can do to, like, reset the, the resonance 
tuning forks. I don't have one in here. Um, I have a sacred space where I do like my work, but it's, it's a tuning fork that you use with to tune mm -hmm. instruments. Um, that will reset the vibrancy of the stones. Um, if you don't have one of those, loud music will reset that, that resonance. Um, yeah, you, you don't have to do anything outlandish. You don't have to buy special equipment. Just use what nature gave you or your lungs. Scream at them. That will set the, reset them. Um, and I, I cleanse mine like if, if I've been in a stressful situation or in a negative environment, if I'm going through a lot, I'll, I cleanse them more often. Sage cleansing is a great way to do it as well. I, um, do that. And then selenite, you can charge your crystals on selenite to, um, okay to reset them. So there's lots of options. Salt too, you can put them in a bed of salt as well, correct? Yes, but check, um, do some research because some crystals will break down. You're more delicate. Mm -hmm. Salt will break them down over time. Mm -hmm. And this one I have to be care careful with as well on my end because I do salt water. I specifically go and get water from the ocean and then I bring it home and that's what I use to cleanse my house that's um, and awesome. cleanse my stones and things but yes it can not only will you have water spots and salt spots all over your house but you will screw up your stones so yeah. <laughs> and some could dissolve yeah mm -hmm. um I I think I ran out of questions which I know I'll probably think of like 50 more by the time we get off but this was awesome <laughs> Hey, I can keep talking until you think of the 50 others. I, I was not joking. I love it. Not joking when I told you I can put you to sleep because I'm just I'm so genuinely passionate about, you know, it, just how much they've helped me in life. And I want I want everybody mm -hmm. to appreciate them, even if it is just for their beauty. I mean, they're gifts. Mm -hmm. They are very pretty. And I also really like, you know, you're, you're being taught by someone with a PhD, you know, like this isn't just some run of the mill, like just online course, which I think is really, really cool. So like you are, you are learning your shit and you're owning your shit, which I really appreciate. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that, you know, everyone has to do that, but Find find a, a trusted source mm -hmm. um, and someone that wants to share that with you. N not one thing, um, one of the questions you ask, what would I like to see more of in our community? Mm -hmm. Just lifting each other up and sharing the knowledge and not, you know, making someone feel ashamed if they say, um, you know, something wrong, like salad, you know, and they say yeah. same hand or, you know, yeah. just embrace each other. 
and and share and you know rejoice in what we have we've there's a lot of us out there um and we need to be unashamed and uh, you know live our lives not not putting it under you know a cloak and hiding who we are um the more we share and the more open we are with each other and with the community, the better all of us become. I agree. That's awesome. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And this where, is kind of, oh, go ahead. You, you, go, oh, you go. I was just going to say, where, where can people find you? How can people yeah. get in touch with you, Jill? Um, Instagram or Facebook at Crystal Quietude. Uh, it's going to be the best way. I do have a website, um, just crystalquietude.com. I'm not, I, I like talking about crystals. I like making things with crystals. I'm not a web designer. Um, and I'm not the greatest at keeping my website up. One day I'm going to hire somebody to do like all the business stuff because I hate that, but for now, um, yeah, Instagram or Facebook, and don't ever hesitate, anybody ever hesitate to reach out to me. I will, if you have a question, um, I'm more than happy to chat with you. I'm, I'm not trying to sell you anything. If you say, hey, I saw this crystal at, you know, that booth, and I'm just wondering, I'll give you my opinion and, and you're free to go back and purchase from that vendor. Um, I just want people to, to get what they should out of crystals. And I think I've proven today, I'm pretty passionate Mm -hmm. and I like talking about them. Um, I like educating people about them. So any questions at all, I'm always here. Again, I'm very um, protective of privacy. So if someone asks me a question, I'm not going to, you know, be chatting you guys. Oh, my God. You know, you won't believe. (laughs) Right. That will never happen. That is love. We love that. That is love. As the kids say say these days, we stand that shit. That we do. Yes. I work with kids, so, you know, I know all the, the recent slang, and it's horrible because I use it all the time now, and I'm like, oh, my God, I need to stop. I'm like, oh, well, well I know who to come to with those questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I ask for you to keep my privacy, you know, don't be telling everybody, can you believe that old lady just asked me? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course not. Of course not. Um. This was wonderful. I had a blast. I, I hope we get to have you on again sometime um, to talk more stones because I know that there's probably so many more things that we can get into, the, the science behind stones, um, how all of that works and how that gets incorporated. But this was this was very enlightening. I learned a lot. Um, so I appreciate it. And this is what I think that we should do. This is what we're here for, yeah. is to uplift each other. I don't know everything. But I know what I do. 
And so even when I teach classes, I am very adamant on telling people, I'm not telling you how to do a thing. I'm telling you how I do a thing. Yeah. And that is as far as it goes. And if it doesn't resonate with you, it's not going to hurt my feelings because I know five other people that do exactly what I'm doing differently. Right. Right. Um, One last thing I want to leave you with that I learned in the class. I did not know. Um, Always use your crystals in your left hand. Your left hand is, is your receiving hand. Yes. yes. Gotcha. Um, I didn't know it. And lots of people that I've spoken with don't aren't aware. But to get the most out of your crystals, um, use a left hand, left pocket, um, left boob. You know, stick with the left side. And your right hand, that's your giving. That's the energy you're putting out. So if you're trying to banish something from you, you would do the other side then? Um, Well, so the crystal energy is going to come into you Mm -hmm. through your left. And it will, it'll dissipate either through your crown or through your feet, through Mm -hmm. grounding. Okay. So, but like if you're, if you're touching someone that is distraught, distraught, try to touch them with your right hand because you want to give them that mm-hmm. comfort. You don't want to absorb it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing with crystals. Very interesting. I never really thought about it that way, but when I was first learning like witchcraft, things like that, a lot of the books I was reading were based on Wicca. And... Um, a couple of Scott Cunningham books, and I think of Sabin. I can't remember. I, I remember the last name was Sabin. Uh, he passed away recently, I believe. Uh, Wicca for Beginners was the book it was. And it talked about energy and, you know, grounding and things like that, and talked about, like, pushing and pulling energy with your hands, mm-hmm. and talked about the left being the mm. pull and the right being the push. So that's, I never really thought about it with crystals, though, so that's really interesting. Yeah, but again, it's, you know, that's the majority. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't feel right to you, use your right hand with that crystal. Hold mm-hmm. on to it. If that's what feels good and that works for you, don't listen to me. Listen to yourself. <laughs> listen to your gut. Intuition is key. Well, we love it. It is. All right. Well, this has been just so wonderful. Yes. And thank you so much. to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Um, and I'll come back anytime. All righty. Um, well, uh, for all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next month. All right. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here at The Witch's Table. If you'd like to add your voice to this podcast, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at thewitchesalter.com. 